Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) We are back. If you've been following the podcast, you know, every year I try to do a special dedication to the fathers, uh, more particularly black fathers. Um, And this year is no different. Um, We're talking black fatherhood. Uh, I got two cats on here who are fellow podcasters that I think the world of Um, two gentlemen that I consider to be friends. And I'll throw that word around lightly. Uh, If I got your phone number, you're my friend. (laughs) If I text you, I I rock with you. Um, and so what we're going to talk about is black fatherhood. I'm just going to throw some questions to these guys. We're going to, we're going to vibe and, and, uh, definitely appreciate you all for listening. Um, my first guest is no stranger to the show. Uh, he's been on here a few times. Uh, and he's a great father. He's a businessman. He's a hustler. Uh, and again, a podcaster. Uh, unfortunately the man puts sugar or thinks it's okay to put sugar on his grits. Um, nonetheless, I love him like a little brother. Baylor, a.k.a. BTG, Baylor, the great Baylor for president, is in the building. Baylor, what up, man? Hey, you know how much streets I got in the beef when I be when I be talking about spades players and niggas that don't put sugar and grits, uh, sugar and egg grits? Hey, man, I I, I mean, I think, I, 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 here's the thing. I know that you're smart, and you're smarter than that. So mm-hmm. that, that might be a, a conversation for a whole nother day. But, um, yeah, man, <laughs> well, welcome back, bro. What's going on? Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. I'm back again. When you coming back to LA, though? Man, listen, that's a great question. The goal, honestly, was to get back this summer. Um, so I'm gonna speak it into existence by the end of the year. Okay. Let's 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 do that by the end of the year, and we'll we'll definitely coordinate it, man. Because you y- y'all know how I feel about your city. You know how I feel. I love LA for sure. We'll um, be here. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. My second guest is no stranger to the show. He's been on here before. Businessman, father, hustler. Um, you know, I, I think he's a great parent, but apparently this guy thinks LeBron James is the GOAT, but we won't hold that against him. Uncle, Dolom- <laughs> Uncle Dolomite is back in the building. Dolly, what up? Good evening, motherfuckers and motherfuckers. How is y'all doing? <laughs> man, good to have you back on here, man. I see, I see, uh, what was that Brownie in the background? Yeah, man. Hey, Brownie. Oh my goodness! Hey man, look at her. <laughs> oh, all right, bye. It's, bye. All, it's all good, man. It's all good. That's what it's about, man. Fatherhood, man. So I wanted to get you guys on. Um, two of my brothers from LA, uh, <clears throat> and we were just talking, you know, a little bit about LA before uh, we got on. But um, yeah, we want to talk about fatherhood. So I, I let's let's jump right in, man. I guess the first question I have for you guys, and and I'll start first with you, Baylor. Um. Let's go back. What did it feel like for you the day that you became a father for the first time? What 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 did that talk to us about how you felt that particular day when that child comes into the world and you become a father for the first time? Uh so with my kids, I got different experiences with all of them. Okay. Um obviously my first two kids is with uh my ex-wife mm-hmm. and we don't get along at all. And that's just how that went. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't a dope experience at first in the beginning at all. Okay. I didn't get that until, I honestly didn't get that until uh, I got my last child, Bailey. 
you know what I mean? Mm. Where I had the whole experience. Mm. So each child was just like a different experience. Um, but I must say though, it, it is dope because around that time, you know, I'm in my I'm in my early 20s and stuff like that. And I'm like, I got a mini me in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I go, I go straight to 2K mode. Like I get to create this, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> out, out the gate. Um, but it was special though, and I knew it was serious because I want to say the lack of uh fatherhood that I that I needed or or guidance that I needed from my pops, I was like, I gotta do the total opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my and my pops was like, as far as hoops, was an LA street legend. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what bothered me the most. So he had a legacy as far as hoops that is still is still lingering or whatever. But it, it meant nothing to me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So bumping into people in the streets and stuff like that that knew him, they would say this, that, and the third. But, you know, that didn't really matter to what, you know, how I grew up. Uh, so fast forward, I'm trying to build a legacy to where it uh it is show in a future gotcha and that was my thought process having my first kid okay okay what about you dolomite um that day that you became a dad for the first time how, how what, what was the emotion what was that like um i just remember the first time holding him and i was like i'll kill anybody behind this little nigga mm. Like that was literally the first thing I thought. Like, nigga, I shoot a church up behind this motherfucker. Like, I didn't really know that I could like love a person that much. Mm-hmm. Like that shit tripped me out. Like, you know, like you don't realize the the capacity that your heart has until you start having kids and shit. Like, right. I know I love my mom. I know that I loved my wife, but like that shit hit different when I held my kids. Like. Oh yeah, no, nah, this this a whole different level right here. Like that shit was a trip. But as far as like with me, it was always something that I felt like I, I did something right. Mm-hmm. Not that the it turned out the way I wanted it to because I'm not with a mother no more, but mm-hmm. like I it was like a goal of mine to have my kids with my wife. Like okay. I didn't want to have like baby mama, baby mom, baby mama, because right. You know, my parents wasn't married when, when I came. So I was like, nigga, I want to have it to where my kids all live in the same house with both parents. But, you know, life going to do what life going to do. Facts. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Man, I remember that day like it was yesterday, man. August 9th, 1999. Um, <clears throat> We had our first son, Dion. And, um, man, I just like that. There's a level. There's a high. Like it's a high that you really can't explain. And I'm somebody who's never been on mushrooms, never smoked weed. I mean, I drink now, but I didn't drink growing up. Um, but like, I've never had that kind of high before. And like, I literally like was floating that day and I'm in the delivery room. And I just remember, you know, Sharice was having contractions and I was just like, you know, I'm looking at the monitor and you could see the contractions coming in. And, you know, when Dion came, I was like, and I'm just looking, I just, I just kept looking at him. And I was like, like when, I mean, everything changed the way I saw the world, the way I saw myself, I became, you know, cause I think the thing that people don't understand is that we as men generally are selfish by nature, you know, and we have, we're, we're, we're goal oriented. We want to do certain things and we have certain things that we want to accomplish, but all of those goals get heightened because now we have somebody that is 
totally unequivocally, you know, dependent upon us to get it right. And, you know, they don't come with handbooks. You know, there's no, there's no manual. There's no, I mean, there's rights and wrongs that we, you know, we, you know, encourage as fathers, but, um, yeah, that day, man, I'll never forget it. I mean, like I just, um, I was floating, man. I, and I, I called my dad and my dad, he always talks about how it made him feel and how he was, um, you know, feeling or how he heard me sound. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a moment. And that's, that's a, you know, it, it got better. Well, I don't want to say got better. It was the same feeling each time when we had subsequently, um, Cameron and then Brandon and then our daughter Skylar. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you guys. It was, I, I felt those same emotions, you know, I'm with you. Dola. I, I didn't think about, you know, I could kill somebody for, but yeah, I, I can, you know, um, definitely could shoot up a church if I had to. Um, so when we talk about black fatherhood and I'll start first with you, Dolomite, and I've heard you talk some, not a lot. Um, and it may have been in, in previous podcasts, but since I've been rocking with you, I've heard you mention, you know, your father and everything. Talk, talk a little bit about your father. What kind of father was he or wasn't he? Um, he was like hands off. Okay. Like I knew him. And, you know, like we we have a relationship, but it wasn't like the, oh, my dad taught me so much and we spent so many times and we have so many memories. It was kind of like, I don't think he understood what fatherhood meant. Okay. I think his thing was more like, hey, man, long as I fulfill the obligations that I have, I'm all right. Little nigga got shoes on his feet. He ate. <laughs> cool. All right. You know, I ain't going to spend too much time with this motherfucker, you know. If I'm going somewhere and my homeboys got their sons, I'll take the nigga with me. But I ain't finna be around this little motherfucker too much. I got my own shit going on. You know, mm-hmm. like my parents was young when they when they had me. You know, my mom was 18. My dad was 20. So okay. that nigga, he was living his 20s. Fair. So, like, I have memories where, like, you know, when I was little, this was like the Crenshaw. This was like the peak of the Shaw when it was the Shaw. Mm-hmm. So he'd take me with the low riders and shit, and then he'd lead me to my own devices. Like, I'm oh, wow. walking up and down Crenshaw with my little homeboys. Nigga, we like 10. <laughs> and we on the Shaw. All our daddies is hopping low riders. We in front of Harrison Ross hanging out. You know, I'm sure, Bailey, you know, you know Harrison Ross, the Wiener Snitzel over there. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was big hanging out on the Shaw, like kicking it. But as far as like a, a relationship with the dude, it was shit that he taught me, but for the most part, what I learned from my dad, I learned through uh, watching, example, not really so much hands-on. Like, it wasn't like we threw footballs and all that type of shit. It was more like, Pop picked me up because it's his weekend to have me. Mm-hmm. We talked for the ride from, say, Pomona to Compton or from Rialto to Compton or from this neighborhood to that neighborhood because there was a time when I lived in my Pyro on the other side of town. So he'll come pick me up, drop me off in my grandma's house, and we'll kick it for a second. But, you know, for the most part, he was, like, hands off. So my thing was, when I have kids, I'm going to be around their ass all the time, just like how you mm-hmm. see. <laughs> they interrupt everything I do and shit. Hey, man, they love it. It's their time. They, yeah. they don't care about the 12 Kyle podcast. <laughs> I love I it. About the Too Much Game podcast. I don't care about none of that no, shit. No, they don't care about none of that. I've seen it pop in on your podcast, too. So, no, I get it. I get it. What about you, Bella? It's uh, similar. It's the same thing. Like, because I, I got other brothers and sisters uh, <clears throat> up in Bakersfield. So the one thing that he did do was uh, he made sure we knew each other. Okay. You know what I mean? But 
the same thing. Like I would, he would take me to, he was in his twenties as well. So he would take me to like random parks where he was hooping at. And I was, and I was at the age where I'm just watching my dad play basketball, not really knowing what's going on or nothing like that. But I'm all up in Athens Park, Bethune Park. You know what I'm saying? I'm at all these parks where he just randomly takes because it's a hoop session. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And then when I grew up, I understood like, oh, now I'm hooping everywhere, right. just like him. But it was hands off, like like Dolomite said, because he would always tell me he was like. You right-handed. I need you to work on your left hand. You work on your left hand, you're going to be the sky's the limit. I'm, and now as an adult, I'm like, nigga, you got to teach me how to use my <laughs> left hand, bro. Don't, don't tell me. Like, teach right. me how to use my left hand. Uh, but that stuck with me. And then there's just moments here and there where I needed things, certain things. Like in the season, the season coming up, like, Pops, I need some shoes. I need some hooping shoes, you know what I'm saying? I wanted the Scotties at the time. Scotty, <laughs> one of my favorite players. Right, right. Man, he ended up getting me some, man, he bought me like some $60, $70 sneakers, dog. And it came with red shoestring. Now, I go to I go to Fremont, predominantly Bloods. Mm-hmm. But our rivals is Lock, you know what I'm saying? All Crips, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm like, dog, I can't wear these shoes. I can't wear these red shoe strings. Like, what are you doing, bro? You know what I mean? <laughs> now, first of all, they're not the shoes that I want. Okay. And you got me red shoe strings. Like, come on, man. Like, he's not paying attention to the atmosphere that I'm a part of. And so it was, it was more like that. But the one thing I will give him credit for is that he made sure that all my other siblings, we kept in touch or we knew each other and things like that. So... Uh, I needed much more than that, but you know, I got what I got. Okay, okay. Dolomite, and I, I, I apologize for not knowing. Is your dad still? I know Bale is dad. Is is your dad still here? Yeah, he he still living comfortably. He okay. used to fix my Harleys and shit. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, my my dad. Uh, you know, slightly different. That this guy was, he's always been there and still is to this day. And um, he, you know, what's, what's interesting was when we were younger. I, my brother Damon is three years younger than me. He would always tell us, he's like, you know, as you guys get older, I'll go from being a father to more like a friend, like your best friend. And that's really what it's been, particularly as I've, you know, moved on into adulthood. But uh, my parents divorced when I was 13, going on 14. And, you know, we still stayed close. He just moved to the other side of town in Florence, South Carolina. And, um, but no, he was, he was the ex- exemplary dad. I mean, like he was there every day. He was there for football. He was there, you know, any of our activities. Um, and he was, you know, when we were in the house together, he was always present in the house. And, um, you know, y- there was a certain level of uh, fear that you had, you know, um, that you would have for your dad. But, um, you know, ultimate respect. Um, and then as I as I got older, I realized like this guy is like my fan. Like he's like my number one fan, my number one champion. You know, he's, you know, he coached me in little league football. And, and I mentioned on the podcast before, like for as dope as I was at football, he always told me, he's like, if you play, if you'd have played baseball, he's like, you'd have been, you'd have gone farther in baseball than you did, you know, in football. And I was like, well, dad, I played college football. You know, I was like, I wasn't playing on those little league, you know, stage. And he was like, well, yeah, he's, like, I think you probably would have played. And he's like, I'm not being biased. He's like, he's like, but I think you would have made it to the major leagues. And I mean, like he believed in me that much. Um, I don't think I would have made it that far, but you know, it's whatever. But um, he's just a proud dad, man. And 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 over the years, we 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 are still close. I mean, like we talk literally like every day. And um, you know, he he is a 
this, this cat is he's the type of dude, man. Like I could get my dad on the phone and I could be driving. And if I'm driving, even if I don't really have much to say, or I, I could just be listening because my dad can talk. Right. And so that's a gene that he obviously passed on to me. And um, yeah, sometimes I'll be in the car. Man, I've, I've driven in the car and he was talking and I lost signal and he's still talking. And then I catch the signal over the other side, wherever I'm going. And he's still talking and didn't even realize I was gone. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely, everything he said was going to be with us. Um, definitely like a, a best friend. Um, he's somebody I still, even though I'm grown, um, I still bounce ideas off of, uh, I don't want to say advice cause I, I make my own decisions, but there's not any type of major thing that I do that I don't, you know, check with him. Um, you know, with him being a grandfather, he's obviously biased now. So it's like, you know, I like kids get in trouble or something like that. I mean, yeah, I took his phone. He's like, why would you take his phone? You know, he, he needs uh, like that. Wait a minute. You, you the grandparent now, uh, you know, you, you, you don't raise your kids. Now this is my kid. I got to tell him what to do and, you know, kind of remind him on those type of things. But, um, yeah, he, he's still, you know, um, again, a, a best friend. So, and he's somebody who, uh, he, he'll probably hear this podcast. And you know, what's interesting is like, <laughs> it's funny because most podcasts he don't listen to. And it'll be the one, and y'all know, I don't really cuss on my podcast. I don't, I don't censor anybody from cussing on my podcast. I just don't normally cuss on my podcast. And the one podcast that I get on that I start cussing, he's like, yeah, I heard that podcast. I was like, damn, I did a lot of cussing <laughs> on that podcast. And it's like, I'm like, but I'm, I'm grown. I'm, I'm 50. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, like I shouldn't be, changed. you know, I'm 50 years old. I got kids, you know, but, um, that's my man. That's my man, 30 grand. And, and I don't, I don't take for granted the the relationship that we have because I know it's special. And um, I think, and I've said it before, I think it's in part because he didn't have a great relationship with his dad. And my grandfather, and, and what's bugged out is my dad sent me a picture of my grandfather like three weeks ago. And that's the first time I've ever seen him. Like I'd never, never seen him. That their relationship was so bad and so toxic that, you know, I talked to my grandfather, I want to say twice on the phone. In fact, he lived in L.A. He left he left New Jersey, moved out to L.A., um, chasing a skirt. <laughs> and he stayed in L.A. for like, you know, the better part of 30, 40 years or whatever like that. And they fell out. And yeah, he sent me a picture of my grandfather. And that's the first time I've seen him. And, and like I said, and he's been he passed away when I was in college in like 94. So um, they didn't have a great relationship, but he made a vow that, you know, his sons, he would have a great relationship with his sons and subsequently. You know, that's what we have with me and him and my brother. Um, I guess my next question is, there's always competition, right? And Bale, I'll start with you. There's always competition. I know you mentioned hoops. Your dad, you know, was a, a legendary L.A. basketball street baller. Um, so a two-part question, Baylor. Did you ever beat your dad at anything? And the second part is, have your kids ever beaten you at anything? I never let my kids beat me in shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, <laughs> Bailey included. Right, I mean, she, she got me in gymnastics, but everything else. Hell no, um, no, nah, I never, I never played against my dad. Okay, and I never got the chance to do that. Uh, but I definitely would have tried to go at him. I, I know I got a lot of his traits, a lot of okay. his traits. Like if if I ever come off as uh, as an asshole or cocky or something like that, that's all my dad traits, all mm. of. It. And and I can honestly tell you, that's just a part of my personality. How I how I treat you as a person, that's who I am. 
But my personality, though, I'm going, you know, I'm going to ruffle a couple of little feathers. You know what I'm saying? But that's how that's how I play around. And it's how I grew up, too. You know what I mean? Like, we had to, you had to be sharp with the tongue. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, because the bullying is different out here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, nah, I, I, if, if I would have had the chance to play him, I would have went, oh, man, I would have went at him. I would have dogged him. <laughs> so, okay, so. So seventeen. If you had to play against him in his prime, and you seventeen, who who you think winning? He might have me at seventeen. I was like, I was like a buck sixty. I was give me, okay. give me like, give me like twenty twenty one. Okay. Ugh, okay. So prime show. Baylor. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. What about you, Dolomite? Uh, did you ever get a chance to beat him in anything? And are you letting Deuce and Brownie beat you in anything? I beat him at being a father, mm. but um. Shit, as far as no, I don't let them beat me at a motherfucking thing. Like I don't, I don't teach my kids mercy. Mm, like nigga, if if you compete, you compete to win. Like Brownie beat me at like some board games though. I ain't gonna front Brownie a beast <laughs> that shit. Like nigga, we played like guess who? She whooped my ass, nigga. I was not trying to let her, nigga. She she just served me, nigga. Just straight up, like it just was what it was. But as far as like video game, I beat the shit out of Deuce. We mm. we have fun, you know. We we do what we do, but I I wear his ass out, nigga. Like I'm not finna allow you to beat me because right. that's not the world. The world right. not gonna let you win. So <clears throat> nigga, you don't win until you earn that shit. So facts. Nah, like and that wasn't how I was raised. My dad wasn't. He wasn't an athlete at all. So mm-hmm. nigga, at twelve, I could beat my dad at any athletic anything. Nigga, if we okay. played basketball, he knew. He saw me. Like, you know, we we had block parties in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we be out playing ball. You know, we set up the courts and shit. He saw me. I, I dunked on his homeboys and shit. Like, and I look at him like, I wish you would jump <laughs> up my fucking ass on me. I, I pray to God you jump on this motherfucker so I can <clears throat> in front of everybody. But as far as competition, my dad always competed with me and other shit. Okay. Like, oh, man, by the time I was this age, I had this kind of car. Oh, man, by the time I was this, I had this. And I'm always like, nigga, we'll see, nigga. Let, let me get about 30. Mm-hmm. I'm on your ass. You know, like, literally, whenever me and him would have these type of conversations, because we do, I'll be like, nigga, my house is bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> so now what? He gave message. Yeah, like, nigga, I got a five-bedroom house, nigga. Like, now what? Mm. But as far as, you know, like, like sports and shit, nah, we don't have no competition. I I'm I far surpassed them. My mother's side of the family is all raw athletes. Like nigga, okay. I was dunking my first time dunking the basketball, I was five foot six. Mm. So my dad can't fuck with me in sports. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I um much like y'all, man. I know I don't I don't allow them to beat me at anything. Um <clears throat> the thing they I'll say about my sports debate. What'd you say? They whooped your ass in that fantasy. Man, man, that was that was rigged. No, bro. no, somebody you, had a lag. one of them had a good drive. I forgot who it camera. was. It was camera. Yeah, y'all, camera. So y'all, y'all, a little disrespectful when it comes to Penny. That's a whole nother conversation. Man, and well, Rondo. camera's camera's a fan. Camera's a fan of Penny. I don't know why, but he's a fan of Penny Hardaway. I, he, he, got good, the, he got good. He got good taste. Man, Penny listen, this dude. This dude wants, he's still asking for a Penny Hardaway jersey for Christmas. I'm like, nobody wears jerseys like that. I just want to put one up in my room. 
Man, like, man, barring injury, Penny probably would have been one of the top <clears throat> ten point guards of all time. Agreed. Agreed. So why, um, like, why are you saying like why Penny? Like you saying that shit is no, but what? No, I'm not not saying it like that. I think because like it's just it's odd because when you think about the kid, our kids and their ages and the athletes that they were exposed to, and then the ones they just kind of found out about later, he was one of he he found out about later, and it's like it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I'm like, well, wait a minute, how you know about Penny? Because he didn't because obviously he wasn't born because Dion is, is the oldest. He was born in '99. Um, Cameron was born in 2002, so he never saw Penny play. So it was just. YouTube, but I mean, like, but don't that speak to Penny's greatness? Yeah, oh like, yeah, definitely, definitely. How do you how do you feel about Muhammad Ali? Um, for me, Ali is the greatest of all time. Have you ever Any, seen him box live? Yes, I was old enough to, but but now, in fairness, when I saw Ali box, Ali was boxing with ABC on Saturday afternoons, and he was on the downside of his career. So the Larry Hines days. Yeah, I can't remember Ali taking no L's though, but he wasn't like float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Ali, I was born in '72. Ali probably finished boxing like '83, maybe '82, '83. You seen the part of his career that I seen of George Foreman? Oh, yeah. fat George Foreman mm-hmm. he won the championship. He wasn't right. the, he wasn't breaking the fucking sandbag. No. George Foreman. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't on that lane. But um, that but even that that podcast man that y'all mentioned that was fun to do because I'd been wanting to get them on. But we, as I mentioned on that podcast, we are extremely competitive in this house, even our daughter Skylar. And so, like, because every every pick, every pick, you could just hear y'all cats laughing at every pick. I was like, y'all won't let cats slide for man nothing, bro. I'm I'm telling, and I, and Sharice and I, Sharice and I are competitive, so it's. It's a really competitive house, and when everybody's together, when the oldest two are home from school, man, it we will sit every night. And I think I mentioned the podcast. If not, I'll mention again. We will sit every night. We eat dinner around seven. Here, seven thirty, uh, Jeopardy comes on. Dog, we will literally sit. Everybody's answering the question, and and I said it first. I said it. No, you said it first. No, I said it first. I mean, like it's literally we're we're in here competing to see. Who gets the most answers right? If you say something wrong, like Cameron's answer always, anytime they ask something foreign, it's always, it's always Italy because he, he thinks he's going to get that right. Um, but yeah, we, we're ultra competitive, man. So to answer the question, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to allow them to beat me, but they're at that age where basketball, they want to play me one-on-one, not going to happen. Um, Cause I, I'm, I'm old now, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I got the back down game, but other than that, like, you know, they they running and jumping. They play ball all the time, especially older two. They play in college. You know what I mean? They hoop with their friends in college. Um, beat my dad. I did beat my dad. He was 40. <laughs> and if and if I call him right now, he'll swear up and down that he didn't that this didn't happen. We had a foot race. And he was like, I'm, I'm I think I was like 12 or 13. And he was like, I'll beat you. You know, I, I can beat you. You ain't faster because I, you know, at that time I'm I'm starting to get a little speed by myself. So I'm I'm confident, I'm cocky. And this dude really tried to race me. So we we had my stepbrother, he's he was about 40 yards off. And man, I got out the gate. And I, I I'll admit he 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 kind of closed in on me. But at the finish line, there was one champion. He swears up and down to this day it was a tie. I'm like, Dad, it's not a tie. If I beat you by two feet, it's not a tie. So I could call this dude right now. He'll swear up and down. 
and he gonna take that with him to the grave that he that he tied me in racing at 40. His his thing was was like I'm still athletic. He had a pot belly at 40. He wasn't fast. I, you know, I just I got him. So I I I think that experience just taught me like when your kids get to a certain age when they can beat you at stuff, whether or not it be athletics, whether or not it be you know video games, that's when you can't play them because you don't want them to have to have that over your head. So yeah, I ain't I ain't trying to I ain't trying to see that. Um my next question, I'll start with you, Dolomite. I, I have my thoughts to the answer of this question. And it's one of the reasons why I have you guys on this podcast, but I'm going to ask you, Dolomite, who are you as a dad? Who am I as a dad? Um, Like I'm, you know, like I said on that episode about fucking um, John Morant, like I'm, I'm the homie, like not the homie in the sense of like, what I, what I defined as a homie, but like, I'm, I'm like the big homie. Like I'm their mm-hmm. friend. Like we cool, we have fun and shit. I hold them accountable, but for the most part, I'm the fun parent. Like I let their mama be the bad guy. <laughs> she fire and brimstone. But like with me, it's more we kicking it. I give y'all niggas life life lessons. I teach y'all motherfuckers. Like I'm trying to show y'all what it is about what this life shit is about. But as far as like whooping ass and shit i'm i'm not like a, a strict disciplinarian i'm more of a as long as y'all don't burn this motherfucker down or hurt each other <laughs> it's all fair game nigga like we we kicking it and this nigga playing grand theft auto right now she got braces but she eating popcorn you know damn <laughs> we got braces. Ain't supposed to yep that's exactly what the fuck she doing right now she over there eating popcorn she got all my fucking jewelry on and shit we just be in this motherfucker having fun like mm-hmm. But for the most part, I just make sure that I guide them towards the realities of life. Like, nigga, as long as you handle your business and do what you're supposed to do, life is an enjoyable thing. Nigga, just don't do no stupid shit and you'll be straight. So, you know, as far as a father, nigga, I'm I'm hands-on, but I'm hands-off at the same time. Brownie. And she walks behind you with popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> and the jury on, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What is it doing? What about you, Baylor? Uh, very similar, man. Like, I, I want to be, of course, you got to be the enforcer, but I want to be the cool uncle, too. You know what mm. I mean? Uh, you got to tell them, like, to, to me, it's all about the image. But the image got to be consistent, like, when they not watching. You know what mm. I'm saying? So I don't want to be fake in, in front of them, and then I'm somebody else when they not looking. So my son, and my son has actually said this, like, the way he... The way he treats his girlfriend, he sees the example of how I treat his mom. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then, like, with my daughter, the whole thing is, like, man, you, you try to teach them as much game, shout out, that you can to them before they leave the nest. You know what I mean? So when they go through these certain experiences, they can reflect on, oh, no, Pops handled it like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's my son or it's my daughter. Nah, nah, nah. You, the way you talking to me, nah, nah. You, and and I get it. You don't want to do too much because when they get into their relationships, it's not going to be like how the relationship is with my wife. But at the same time, you take the good traits from that. You know what I mean? Okay. And that's and that's what I do. I'm only the enforcer when they just getting out of pocket. Like when I see my wife and, and everybody know, man. When 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 she when when she not happy, the mm. house not happy. Right. And when the house not happy. I'm upset. Right. Because I want to be happy and I get agitated. 
So I started, you know, my wife, it's a running joke in the house. Like literally everybody be laughing about this. When I get mad, I slam cabinets, all kind of shit. Be scaring the shit out of them, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> but I, but you gotta have, you gotta show that level. But most of the time, I'm even killed. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like we very competitive. Nerf gun fights. We go out, uh, go swimming. Sometimes they come to the jacuzzi with us. Sometimes they don't. But it's like, and, and we talk to them, and we give them an opportunity to talk back. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Not, not in that way, but no, challenge me because even though I'm your parent. I'm not going to always be right. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, sometimes I bring work home. So anytime I, I hear my uh, my daughter's voice and it sounds like it's whiny, I snap. You know what I'm saying? But then I had to like, you know, calm down a little bit. That's, it's not even her. It's not even right. her. But at the same time, uh, you got to be the enforcer sometimes, you know, right. but I'm with those of my, I let, I let my, I let my wife be the bad guy because she do it good. You know what I'm saying? But, but sometimes, sometimes when it become overwhelming for her, then that's when I got to be Darth Vader. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And then I got to start checking everybody and stuff like that. And I'm okay with being a bad guy at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, who am I as a dad? That's an interesting question. I don't, and I, I think I know what the answer is. I, I try to be, I know for a fact that, um, I'm somewhere like my, my parents are like the, they set the gold standard for me. Um, I think, uh, you know, whatever level of success that I have, they didn't reach it, but like, I'm still chasing them as far as like, I, I've surpassed them financially, but I've, I'm still chasing them as what I think a parent should be. And um, yeah, fatherhood. I mean, like who am I as a dad? I think, I'm somewhere between like Martin Payne and Cliff Huxtable. Um, I can be the enforcer. I can be the asshole at times. I, I recognize that. Um, I also can be that that sounding board. And I think the biggest thing is I try to tell all of them, like, you know, you can always come to dad. You know, you're not going to get in trouble. And, you know, <clears throat> it's, it'll be interesting to see. And I'm I'm very interested to see, especially as time goes on and our friendships, my friendships with the two of you grow and, and seeing your kids grow because they're so much younger now when they get to that 20 21 22 age you know how your relationships change a little bit and how you interact with them and how they interact with you you know and it might you might see them a little different and you know the thing i think we all have to keep in mind is in in, in fatherhood we're superman you know yeah. we're, we're superman all day long and then probably by the time they get to 18 19 20 they start and when they start having life things happen around them, they start to understand like you you just a regular dude, like you just trying to figure it out. Like my dad, they'll be like, Well, yeah, my dad did the best that he could. And um, and I think the biggest thing is 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 understanding that. But um, I think that's who I am as a dad. I, I'm I'm fun, I'm I'm much like what you see or, or hear on this podcast. I'm fun. Uh, I like to have a good time. I, I like them to you know, my my one of my key phrases is stay focused, like stay focused because anything can get you off track. And I know that they have the world at their fingertips and they don't have to make it any harder than it's going to, it's already going to be, you know, one of the things that they, they constantly say sometimes in this house, they'd be like, well, dad, that's not fair. That's not fair. You know, my response is life ain't fair. Mm. I was like, and I told, I told our youngest son, Brandon, the other day, I was like, man, listen, I said, when you step outside these four walls, nobody gives a shit about you. I said, understand that. 
I'm like, no, and I and I and I spit it to him real, just like that. I said, nobody gives a shit. I said, now there will be people that want to see you win. I said, but it's gonna be a whole bunch of people that want to see you lose. I was like, so you can't get caught up into what people think about you. It's about what you think about you and what you mean to the people who love you. I said, outside of that, it is what it is. And so these life lessons, you know, I, I try to impart upon them each day. And then it's also, like you said, Bella, how I live too, you know, because the thing that my dad told me and my brother Damon, he said that, you know, the biggest, the best advice he got when he became a father was, he said, you have to be three things. Um, he said, you have to give your, kid, your kids three things, love, discipline, and an example to follow. Now, the first two, relatively easy. The third one, you know, is a little bit difficult because you don't want to be somebody you don't want to be this way with them one day and then this way with them the next day. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's that. I, I would say that's who I am as a dad. Um, and it's funny because I was listening to your podcast this morning, Baylor, your most recent one. And you said something that jumped out at me and I was going to text you. I was like, nah, I said, I'm gonna save this for the podcast. You said hood niggas raising suburban babies. Yeah. Um, so my question to you, and then the Dolomite. Well, let, no, let, me, let me start first. Dolomite. Dolomite, you are a member of an organization. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You're, you're a member of an organization. You know, you 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 have um, let that be known. Um, so one day, man, Deuce, 15 years old, man, he said he, he want to join the organization too. What you going to say? No chance in hell. Like he wasn't raised like that. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't raise him in that environment. Like nigga, you don't know nothing about that shit. You, you from the Inland Empire, nigga. You've lived in Highland. You've had your own room your whole life. Mm -hmm. The fuck you want to do that for? Like, hey, hey, Dolomite, please tell them the difference between the IE and LA, bro. Like the Inland Empire. Like, don't get me wrong. There's places out here. Mm -hmm. Like there's certain neighborhoods where it goes down. But when you in the city, the city goes down. Right. Everything. Nigga, there's no place you're going to go south of that 10, east of that 405, mm -hmm. west of that 605, or north of the water where it don't go down. At. He just told you from light to light. Yeah. Like, and, nigga, some of those, and some of those blocks are short. Yeah, nigga, your, your neighborhood is where your street lights is at. You got your own gas station. You got your own elementary school. You got your own little, you know, liquor store, burger stand. But anything outside of those borders, it can go fucking down depending on whether or not you get along with them niggas over there. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a, okay, nigga, I'm, I'm joining because I need the protection of the area that I'm from. Like, that's just how it is. Like, is you with us or is you not? Because right. if you ain't with us, you on your own. So... <laughs> You can be the toughest motherfucker in the world and just be out there on some long wolf shit or yeah. get down. Because yeah. the thing was, where I'm from, when I went to Compton High School, it was about, nigga, where do you live at? Because right. you gang bang. Nigga, you ain't no, I don't bang. You don't bang? Fuck you, mean you don't bang. Especially, where your grandma stay? Yeah. Nigga, where, where your mama stay? Where your daddy stay? Where do you <laughs> they gonna figure it out. Yeah, right. like, oh, you kick it with that nigga? Oh, nigga, he from here, so you from there. Yeah. Oh, you kick it with three of them niggas from over there? 
because that's how certain niggas became members of gangs they didn't live in. Because some of these <clears> niggas <throat> might have six or seven friends from the neighborhood across the street. And you're going to end up getting your ass beat, too, because them niggas, because that happens. Oh, nigga, I'm from over here because I'm cooler with the six niggas from over there. But you live over here, though. Right. So you're going to get your ass with double time because you basically a traitor. You went and joined them like I got a cousin like that. I got a cousin that's from the hood across the street who we don't fucking get along with. Mm-hmm. And there was a time he couldn't come to grandma's house. Like, yeah. nigga, we told our grandma, like, we're going to fuck him up. Sorry, it just is what it is. <laughs> you see how you sorry, it's your cousin. Yeah, and she like, that's my grandson, that's your family. Yeah, if he was family, he'd have been from here. Nigga, he mm. didn't give a fuck about family when he got put on over there. Mm. Nigga, psh, fuck him. He chose them niggas over us. So far as we concerned, nigga, come get down. If you want to come <laughs> visit grandma, get down about it. See how bad mm. you want to come see grandma. Or that's grandma what? can go visit you. That's why, Bailey, right. that's why Bailey never got put on so I can go to granny house Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> that's the thing you know like something that I always would say like nigga I have the utmost respect for niggas who grew up in that that area mm-hmm. and didn't you know like they was able to resist the temptation to get put on you know especially because like me the way that I carry myself the look I had on my face all the time you know just how I like I looked it was just like you're <clears> a gangbanger <throat> you have braids you sag. You're a member of this family that we all know in this area as a gang banging family, because that's also a thing. Like my daddy wasn't no athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, my my mom was from the set. You know, all my uncles and shit, all my older cousins was gang banging. So it was kind of like nigga word traveled when I came to the high. Like, hey, hey that's Big Mike nephew. So okay. it's already like, nigga, we know you gangbang. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I went to school in Rialto. Like, when I went to Compton High, when I went to junior high, I went to junior high in Rialto living with my mom. I just mm-hmm. moved back to the hood with my dad because I fucked up in junior high. So I was like, all right, let me just move back to the hood because I ain't trying to go back and do a second year of eighth grade, nigga. So I'm going to move back to the set. Nigga, I moved back to Compton, nigga. Everybody was like, nigga, we don't give a fuck about that Rialto shit. Nigga, you such and such nephew, this nigga little cousin, you related to this nigga, and you walked to school with 17 of these niggas. Mm-hmm. All your friends is from the gang, nigga. Like, my whole generation of my <coughs> age group, gangbang. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't have no squares in my, my, my age bracket, so you couldn't be a square. Right. Like you, 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 you a tough motherfucker if you was able to say, nah, nigga, I didn't bang, nigga. I was, I was part of class of two thousand one and college, <laughs> I didn't bang, nigga. Please, right. right. So, so what happens? So I, I, and I get, I totally get what you're saying. So what happens when, yeah, dudes wasn't he, he wasn't around none of that, but maybe that's appealing to him, or maybe, you know, now with social media, it's not even got, the same. I don't even make it cool to that nigga though, because that's okay. another thing. Like you know, certain parents. And this is like shit that I've told like my cousins and shit about their kids. Mm-hmm. You can't make gangbanging seem cool. You can't be running around wearing the gear and shit like that. Like y'all niggas know I got blue rags in my house and shit like that. Like it's just certain shit that it just is what it is. But my I've never made that shit seem like it was cool. Like I don't bring my kids around hood days and you know like certain shit that we do. Like I don't even make it to make it seem as if that's something that they want to do. Like, I always tell them, that right. shit is stupid as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. jail or death. Is, yeah. Does that seem like fun? 
t-shirts, funerals, <laughs> that shit seem like something you want to get in, involved in. No, nigga, don't follow this. Nigga, this was a this was a mistake I made. This wasn't mm-hmm. something that I want to make seem as if it was a good thing. So no, hell no. I, that's, I, that's I can't even see a, a a universe where he come to me with some stupid ass shit like that. That's father. What about you, Baylor? Uh, your son comes and huh? I'm, I'm gonna say this before, uh, to uh, piggyback off of Dolomite. He uh, he adapted to his environment, and like, but one thing for sure though is it's harder to be that lone wolf than to be like a, a, a accepting the game. And the reason being is because like when you when you're not attached to anything, it's easy for niggas to attach you to something. You know what I mean? They might attach you to the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time. You know what I mean? For example, uh, I went to Fremont, but I also went to Bethune. Those are now Bethune is a middle school, Fremont is a high school, but those are two totally different. That's two totally different areas. You know, we talking about the Swans versus East Coast, Moonlight Cats, Broadways, stuff like that. I know it, it might sound foreign to you, Twelve Cal, but it's very foreign to me. I'm just I, nodding my head. <laughs> I used to record too much game off of 82nd and Central. Yeah. So yeah. I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. So me, you know, uh, going to Fremont, I went to Fremont all four years. I never went to another high school. So my homies is my homies is there. You know, I got I got family members and friends on both sides of the flag. When you look at my government name, it says Ronald Taylor Jr. When you look at my nickname, it says Baylor. I'm not attached to any games, but my nickname is Baylor. And it's been like that since high school. I don't give myself nicknames. It was given to me. And I had to accept it. You you know what I mean? So I had a lot of explaining to do when I got into these house parties. I had a lot of explaining to do when I'm talking to people like, well, I thought your last name was Taylor. I don't have time to break this down, bro. Right. I ain't got time to break this down. It is what it is. Um, but as far as my son, nah, he he had his little run in L.A. before we moved out here. Okay, you know what I mean. So he was going to school. He was going to school in in Inglewood and stuff like that. But he not built for those public schools out there. He and my daughter, she was born in the IE. She don't even know what L.A. is, you know. So it's like nah. I, and the game making is different now. Is more it's more commercial. Like they they. They they pushing it off as like a brand, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's not the same. A lot of these rappers, a lot of these uh, actors and actresses is, is putting on, and they don't even know they don't even know the origin story. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I do talk to them, but they also they not in an environment. My son goes to Chino. He went to the, he goes to the same high school the uh, the Ball Brothers went to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Most likely, we trying to stay in the same neighborhood. My daughter gonna go to the same high school. They they, they don't they never went. They don't know what Compton High is. They don't know what Centennial is. They don't know what Lock. They don't know what Manual. They don't know what Fremont, Crenshaw, Dorsey. None of that. My my wife went to Dorsey. I went to Fremont. So she understands it. We understand it. We all got PTSD off of that. Mm-hmm. And but how we raised them, we raised them in the neighborhood. Dog, I just finished tweeting out. I'm cleaning out my garage, waving at my neighbors. I had to do that shit in LA. We ignore each right. other. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's different. It's different. He had his run-ins at school where <clears throat> they was fighting. They do a lot of they do a lot of ghetto shit. 
at the school, but that's what we call it. It's just ghetto shit. Cause mm-hmm. you going to you going to school with, with white folks, bro. I didn't start seeing white people like that until the college years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Either they worked at the school or we went to their neighborhoods like going to like South Bay Gallery and Torrance or something like that. Like, but in the hood, I I grew up around blacks and, and essays. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I had to adapt to my environment. I've seen enough to say, nah, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. Technically, <laughs> technically, when I was younger, I got put on, but I didn't, they didn't have my consent. <laughs> and, but I but I I stayed in different hoods all the time, mm-hmm. man. I stayed off of Grape Street. <clears throat> mom, we we had to verbally fight my mom not to move us to a Cedar Block. Dang, Dolan, <laughs> see, yeah. I because was like, nah. The funny thing about Cedar is like literally, like game makes them seem as if like they the big scary nigga. <laughs> You gonna get fucked up if you from Cedar Block. Cedar mm-hmm. Block is like six niggas, and they surrounded by Crips. Mm-hmm. They basically inside a Palmer Block, which is a Crip neighborhood. They up the street from us. Like anything you want to do if you from Cedar Block, you pretty much better not tell nobody you from there, Damn. because they don't got no. They don't have a gap. They and don't I, have a school. They don't have anything. And I stay. I stayed in a neighborhood the total opposite of that because I stayed off at 80th and San Pedro. Those are in that area is mostly swans, but on my block it was main streets. You know what I mean? So it was like I don't know how it happened. I don't I don't know how this is broken down. I don't know how they not beefing like that or anything. But mm-hmm. main streets was getting their money though. They was getting their money. But I grew up around swans. I grew up around East Coast. I grew up around Broadway. I grew up around different gangs or whatever. My kids didn't though, so they don't know that. If they see it on TV, they see it on TV, but they don't. They didn't grow up in that type of environment, so I ain't got to worry about that. Yeah, I, I think like, both of you. Go ahead, no, go ahead, Dolan. Most of the, the the kids now that push the quote unquote game <laughs> shit is something that they they heard in a rap song, or it's something that they right. see an artist doing. And and like I explained to people, my kids when they get old enough to understand, a lot of these artists ain't like that. The game ain't like that. Like, as, as much as he pushed that YG, he's not like that. Like, us in L.A. who who know a lot of the artists that push that shit out this motherfucker, they're not like that. Those niggas is just as gang-affiliated as Kendrick Lamar is. Yep. Kendrick Lamar is just the one nigga who's brave enough to, like I said, resist the temptation to pretend he gang-banged. Like Kendrick didn't bang, and he tells you in his music, nigga, I kicked it with them niggas. I might even did some dirt with them niggas, but that ain't my life. Well, game and YG, same shit. Game was an athlete, YG was a dancer. But you know, as as you progress in the rap game, it's like, man, if you was a blood, you'd be leveling up. If you push the set, you'd level up. So a lot of rappers out of L.A., they really busters. They, they're poets, my nigga. They're art geeks. Nigga, them niggas took music classes. But because yes. of the, the temptation of the area, it's like a, a lot of motherfuckers just jump in because like with me, nigga, I've always said I was made a gangbanger. I wasn't born to be one. Like, that's not the type of nigga that I got homeboys who, <clears throat> nigga, we grew up. You knew them niggas was going to bang the set from kindergarten. Like, this nigga's a knucklehead nigga i was on the honor roll i didn't plan on this shit nigga this was some shit that i was like well 
it's either get down or get fucked up. Nigga, I, right. I live with the nutty blocks. We don't fucking get along with nobody. Occasion don't like us. Spooktown don't like us. Farm Dog don't like us. Track New don't like us. It's a lot of motherfuckers don't fuck with us. So if I get put in a classroom with a bunch of these motherfuckers, it's like yeah, niggas. Yeah, nigga, it's like, nigga, if I'm going to have to squabble any goddamn way, nigga, I might as well get some of the glory of pushing the hood. So fuck it, nigga. Right. I'm from Nutty now. So, okay, you want us to worry about homework? <laughs> I'm trying to get, yeah, to get yeah. home. You know, and that's the that's the thing. And I think Mio and I talked about that before, man. I, I think those stories, even listening to you guys tell that, it's, it's amazing to those of us who didn't have to come up in that type of environment that the two of you came through that, saw your way through that and went on to be who you became. And now, you know, the roles are reversed as far as like you raising kids. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have any <laughs> hard rock, you know, Florence, South Carolina stories. Well, that's not um, unfortunate. That's fortunate. No, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, one thing, one thing you said earlier that that stood out you was like yeah so when we have when we all sit at the table at seven o'clock and eat dinner i was probably eating cereal by yeah. myself yeah yeah and then you know and that's something that we right that's something that you know we we decided to do as parents um you know to make sure that we have at least one meal everybody sit down and eat together yeah. um you know but it, just to kind of answer the question um, I, 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 y'all know I didn't do anything crazy. <laughs> I didn't do anything crazy other than firing a gun in the house. You um, went to freak Nick, though. You went to freak Nick. Oh yeah, well, I mean, but I was, I was, I was in college then. I, I wasn't no little kid then. So if your son is like, "Hey, daddy, they bringing back <laughs> freak Nick," I'm going. I need some ticket money. Money. All he need is a ride. Shit. Yeah, and you, you know, to be honest, only you don't need that need gas money to get up the block. All you gotta do is get on Marta. Marta will take you. Oh yeah, exactly. No shit. It'll take you wherever you want to go. Um, I, I would, I would have a conversation. I, w- I wouldn't say no. Um, like I don't project, and it's funny because Sharice and I had this conversation. Like, I never in high school, I never smoked, never drank. I didn't have my first drink until I was twenty six. But I know that at some point, you know, somebody's going to put a cup in their hand and be like, well, I know Dion Hill. I mean, he's 22 now, 23 now. He drinks. He drinks every now and then. It's not something that he does on a regular. Uh, in fact, he's had a couple of drinks with us. But, like, I never say you can't do that. Even when we talk about sex, I'm like, you should wait. But I know in reality, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. You know, it ain't going to like. It's going to happen whenever it happens. And there's nothing I can do about it. You know, and, and you know when your kids getting it, they're getting it in. So it's always interesting when they grow up, you know, because you find yourself telling yourself, okay, well, I, you know, when, when I get to be grown, I'm not going to do my kids like, yes, you will. You know, yes, you will. And so, um, so now nah, I, I don't really hit them with the don't do as I say is a do as I do. But I also explained to him, well, yeah, I did do that. But the difference is, is that I grew up in Florence. Y'all growing up in Atlanta. And, you know, the thing that I tell them all the time is like the Atlanta that y'all see on TV, the Atlanta that y'all hear in rap songs, that ain't the real Atlanta. That's black Hollywood. That's, you know, that's what they've made it up to be. You know, and we had like long, me and my sons had long conversations when, um, 
what's the guy that got the rapper that got thrown in jail? Um, Rallo? No, 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 the big one. Oh, um, why y- YSL? Young Thug. Young Thug. I keep saying fucking Slim Thug. Young Thug. <laughs> so I mean, man, we had long conversations about that, and I'm like, look, I was like, this. They was like, oh yeah, free, free, um, free Young Thug. I was like, he ain't getting out. Y'all don't know what like, that nigga did. I said, yeah, exactly. I said, I don't know what you did. I said, they don't, you don't know what they did. I said, and I said, in the feds, when they come knocking, you know, I heard Ice T say this the other day, like everybody want to be, you know, a gangster until, you know, the feds come and then now you, you, you backpedaling trying to tell everybody that you're not a gangster, you know, and so this, they, that, what you sorry to interrupt you, but no, like, when I hear those statements like free such and such, I got homeboys I grew up with and I don't say freedom. It's some niggas need to be in that motherfucker. Like, I got homeboys. Like, literally. Like, don't free that nigga. Leave that nigga. He's exactly where he needs to be, my nigga. Like, nah. Keep him. Hold him there. That's my nigga. I love that nigga. Love him. Keep that nigga. He's he's a threat to society. He belongs yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They, never so, been in those, they never been in those rooms, though, 12 Cal, where... Uh, everybody want to be a gangster till a real gangster walk into a room. Oh, facts. And that's why I never became <clears throat> one because I've been in some rooms where it was some real killers, and I'm not no killer. Yeah, I I'm not. Either. I <laughs> I'm ain't not. either. I'm as square as a rectangle, and I'm proud of it. Just and you know the thing I I tell them like you know just I, I I try to impart my wisdom, but I mean like I'm not gonna if they say well hey did you smoke weed when you was in high school I'm like no I didn't, but I mean like I also know that you know I can tell them the pros and the cons of it or whatever like that. Um, but I love both of your answers because you both have lived a certain way and you're not hiding that from your kids, but you also impart to them like, look, I did this. Maybe I did this because of the circumstances that I was in and I did everything in my power to get myself and my family out of those circumstances to where that's not even an option for you. And now if you run to it, like Dolomite said earlier, it's dumb. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know nothing about that life. We worked hard to put you out here to where you don't even, you know, that's, it shouldn't even be a, a, a second thought. Um, Last question I got for you guys. Um, And I'll start first with you, Baylor. Because here's the thing, folks, that's listening. I'm 50. Dolomite and Baylor are both 40, right? So there's a 10-year difference. But one of the first things, and I, I think I've told you guys before but i'll tell you again one of the things that's that stuck to me the first time i heard Baylor, the first time i heard dolomite on the microphone one of the first things that came to me was i mean outside of your accents <laughs> um one of the first things that stuck to me was like i said they had to have grown up around older people because in the south we have this thing called old soul, old soul so yeah. like we'd be like man oh he got an old soul you know and the first time I heard Bill, I was like, yeah, he, oh, he, he has an old soul. And you were talking about, I think you mentioned something about some music that you listened to. And then I think the first episode I heard of Dola, I can't remember what episode it was. Um, Dolomite was talking about the music in the seventies or something like that. I was like, okay, he an old soul. So Bill, I'll start with you. Who were outside of your, your father, who were the older? Cause they had, they had to have been older men, or an older man in your life that kind of gave you the, you know, the game. Shout out to Dolomite. That gave you the game or gave you the 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 wherewithal to kind of push forward as a man. 
that was my step pops. Okay. That was my step pop. That's that's where I learned uh my manners because his parents were is from Texas. You know, my grandparents are from Texas as well, but also, you know, my 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 uncles and aunties and certain family members that I I never met. You know, they come from the Chicago's, the Memphis, uh Louisiana and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we got a southern background. Mm-hmm. Hell, it's called Southern California. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, that's where it comes from. And who didn't grow up where on Saturday mornings when you had to clean up the house and you had some of them 70s jams on? You feel me? Mm-hmm. And so that, and then if you ever rode in the, in the back of a car and, and the back seat was probably as long as your goddamn bed, you could lay down in that mug. The seat belts was just the one that was just across your lap. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a tape deck. Yeah, niggas don't know what a tape deck is. Uh, that's where it came from. So I grew mm. up listening to Stevie Wonder and and, and obviously MJ and Prince. You of know course, of course. But you know, we 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 grew up listening to all those oldies and stuff like that. Um, but I was also taught by my step pop side of the family, his mom and his father, yo, get your elbows off the table. Yes, ma'am, no ma'am. Yes. When you yes. come in the house, take that hat off and speak. Mm-hmm. Especially when you make eye contact with somebody. Facts. You speak. Now I have that, like I'm 50-50 with it because I'll be walking up and down the street anywhere. And I on purpose, sometimes I look directly at you so I can say hello. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have that same type of upbringing. So they they'll ignore me and I'll take it personal. But now I was like. I don't know. I'll just judge you off the, off of me seeing you for the first time. Sometimes I look down. Sometimes I might look at you. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. it cut, it catch me off guard if somebody speak speak to me first. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> LA LA is just different like that. But that's how that's how I was raised. My step pops. Uh, when I didn't get those Scotties from my dad, he took me to the Beverly Center. Okay. At, at, at that time, the Beverly Center was like that. The Beverly Center not in the hood. You know what I'm saying? That that's all that's over there with the white folk. It's going mm-hmm. down over there now. Well, but of course. back in the day, it's like I wouldn't know we're on that side of town a lot, maybe at all. You know what I'm saying? But that's where I got my first pair of shoes. You know, well, not first pair of shoes connected to an NBA player. I did have a Patrick Ewings. Oh uh, but that's a whole other year. That, I, had those, <laughs> I had those in middle school. But you talk, um, you talking about the AIR Scotties? The the one with the red stripe at the bottom. Okay, yeah, you talking about the Pippin tools? Yeah, yeah. the Pippin yeah. tools. There you go, the Pippin yeah. tools. Because the, the AIRs and bitches was expensive. They, yeah, man. Like 120, man. something like that. Bitches was like one eighty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers came out because that was the first shoe that that had the air bubble go. Air bubble, the- exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The yep. motherfuckers was 180. I remember yeah, that shit yeah. like it was yesterday because I told niggas when the Concourse dropped, them AIR Pippins was way harder than the Concourse when the Concourse mm-hmm. came. Hey, hey, yo, don't let me to tell you, dog, besides MJ, MJ held it down in the 90s, but don't sleep on them Barclays. Niggas was dying oh. with them Barclays. Yeah. Heavy. Man, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, them, them, them Jason kids. Yeah, it was cold. It was and, cold. And, and they still looking for those Jason kids to this day. Yeah, yeah, I got I got both the original pairs in my closet right now. I got I got with a pair here too. And yeah. the black pair with the with the checkerboard on the motherfucker. Okay, okay. Yeah. That and that and then it wasn't no resale prices back then. You know nah, what I'm You can try on shoes back in those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no question. Really go in the store and be like, oh, uh, can I get a size 10? Oh, these don't fit. You got a 10 and a half? 
like nowadays you got a raffle and yeah lottery and all that shit it's out of control <clears throat> yeah when we was control. younger nigga even the hottest shit like you might have to ditch school to go get them but you could get them motherfuckers. and we did though because mm-hmm. when the cool when the cool grade 11s uh came out oh my god 70 percent of the school was when that when that went in class and they all yeah. came i remember because it was a rainy day and you know those are patent leather so you saw yeah. niggas with grocery bags around <laughs> they, uh around aj's really yeah that yeah. was like the first retro Jordan. Yeah. Because remember, Jordans was just Jordans. Like, nigga, we didn't call them the fucking 11s. We just called mm, them the Jordans. Jordans. Yeah. Oh, Jays. Like, they were just the black and white ones. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, nigga, you know the Jays just dropped. Yeah, they black and white. The motherfuckers hard as fuck. Yeah. And then when mm-hmm. the all white ones came, hey, nigga, they just dropped some all white ones. Then when the playoffs came, hey, nigga, the black and red black ones. Yeah. Came. It, and, 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 it was it, it was heavy com- it was ha- heavy competition with the shoes. MJ wasn't running <coughs> the game by himself like that. You had the king. Oh no, no, no. You had but everybody stepped in a Bo, Bo Jackson. Yeah. Motherfucking Chris Webbers. I had the Grand Hills because I ain't my dad wasn't gonna spend no money like that. I, Grand Hills. Yo, <laughs> yo, and, and the Jerry Stack houses. Yeah, they yep, was yep. Yep. So I, I, I was team feeler because my dad wasn't gonna give me nothing over a hundred dollars. So oh man, that's that's messed Grand up. Hills, the Grand Hill twos and the Grand Hill threes. And hey, your pops, he owed you right now. Nine ninety nine. Everybody had Jordans. Them niggas had the Griffies. Them niggas had the Barry Sanders because niggas sleep on the berries. Yeah, Barry Sanders was harder than the motherfucker. Deion Sanders had some shit out. God, like, man, listen, it was yeah. all type of shit out there. Like, I was always getting the cheap shit. Like, when, when <laughs> niggas was, when I was in the ninth grade, nigga, I had Aaron Brooks from the, the, the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Look them motherfuckers up, nigga. Aaron yeah. Brooks, he was like a wide receiver for the Packers. That nigga yeah. had his own shoe. I had them motherfuckers. Wow. I, I, I don't even remember them. Closets, yeah. No, I. $200 shoe. Man, we was wearing we was wearing Dada's, uh, M ones, Sakonis uh, or Sakonis as Sakonis. Yeah, I, I, call, I call them Sakonis. Yeah, yeah, we call them Sakonis yeah. out here. Yeah. Literally, careful. nigga, the box said Sakonis. <laughs> That's a fact. That's yeah, a fact. We said Sakonis. Still call them Sakonis. That's, That's a what fact. we call them. And be careful which shoe strings you put up in there, brother. Your shoe strings know, used to talk for you. Behind the motherfuckers. Yeah, you know how many blue and uh, red shoe strings I took out of the original yeah, pair. Put them white shoelaces. So white with smart move. White shoelaces, nigga, because. They'll fuck you up. Yeah, you know, and it was like a thing. Like e- everything, like even like I tell niggas, I don't give a fuck what your favorite sports team is. Nigga, take that hat off. Oh, yeah. We so uh, across the board, maybe some high schools may have gotten away with it. Uh Fremont never went to the uniform. I know Locke eventually did, but they had a, they had more shootings at their school than we did. Um, but I know across the board, especially in the Coliseum League. We could for my whole high school career, I could not wear a baseball hat. They would not allow they would not allow us to wear and the Raider jerseys, you had to flip them inside out. Damn. We had a we got a Mexican gang uh, out here called uh Florencia 13. F13. Okay, okay. I was about to say and, I and they they wear a lot of Raider jerseys. If you do you remember Philip Buchanan? Yeah, yeah, he was 31. Yeah, so they used mm-hmm. to flip it inside out to make it wow. 13. Yeah, and that's, wow. and that's the fucking thing, dog. Like uh, a lot of niggas be thinking this about colors. Them colors went out before me and this nigga hit high school. Mm. You can wear whatever color you want to, nigga. Just watch that sports team. 
Yeah, mm. first team let you know what set you from. Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Hey, Baylor, remember when I came out to LA? Yeah. I hit you up, and I was like, and I said, I said, can I wear my Yankee? You're like, no, nah, I don't wear that Yankee hat. Don't out, wear man. that. Fuck no. <laughs> don't wear that Yankee hat. Yeah, don't wear. It, don't say. Don't wear that Cincinnati Reds hat. Oh, I, I. You know, I, that's my only baseball team. So I mean, those my guys. So I, yeah, I, I left the Yankees. The Yankee fitted at the crib. Yeah, that's all I needed to know. Long, because even like even <clears throat> LA. Yeah, like it, it's parts of like Compton. You can't even wear an LA hat. Yeah, and mm. that's a cla- and that's the classic. That's the hat that that's represents like the it. hat. Yeah, yeah. that's like the, like you in Los Angeles, you can wear the LA hat probably anywhere in Los Angeles, if I'm not mistaken. But in Compton, it's a, a set that wears that, and we like now fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> you from? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When Murph when Murph came out here, we mm-hmm. went to we went to a spot called the Court. Right, they got a, they got a couple of them, and um. He had on a hat. I said, "Yeah, you gonna take that off? We are gonna put that back in the car. We <laughs> gonna put that back in the car, just just in case. I know we old, but nah, nah yeah, you don't want you don't want no problems. Go put it's that back in the car. In our, it's it's niggas in our age bracket that's still active, yeah. and that's the reason that you can still get into some bullshit. Because nigga, you can have a head full of gray. His niggas fifty years old out here that still press they line." Mm. So, so Dolomite, so what about you? Was there somebody older, um, you know, that kind of molded you, gave you game, if you will? Um, was there older brother, older cousins? My, my stepdad. He okay. was he was okay. always in and out of prison. <clears throat> I'm like, he would always tell me, like, nigga, this shit ain't cool as they make that shit look on TV, nigga. Like, mm. these rappers make prison sound cool. They got songs about prison. Like, prison ain't cool, nigga. Don't, you don't want to do this shit. And then, like, even, like, my, my OGs and, like, my older homies from my neighborhood. And it would be funny because when they would get out, they would be telling me stories about my stepdad. Like, oh, yeah, nigga, I was locked up with Red. Yeah, that nigga told me whoop-de-whoop and such and such. And then, like, even, like, when I got older, he'll get out and he'll be telling me. Them mm-hmm. niggas told me what the fuck you be out there doing, nigga. I told your ass, leave that gangbang shit alone, nigga. You, didn't know, you don't know we be in here talking. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, that's the thing, like, I, I was raised around a lot of motherfuckers older than me. Like even in my gang banging career, a lot of the motherfuckers who I kicked it with was gray hair old niggas. Like I didn't, I didn't run with my generation. Like my generation was the BGs and the OTGs, which like in gang banging, depending on the years you was born, you get assigned a level. So like you know, like now I'm forty. So little young niggas be like, oh, that's my OG, Uncle Dolomite. <laughs> OG? Like the OGs is like my mom and them. Like them mm-hmm. is the OGs. The niggas I was born in the early 60s and right. late 50s. That's an OG. Nigga, even if you was born in, say, like 67 to like 70. Nigga, far as I'm concerned, nigga, you a OBG. You ain't even an OG to me. If you was born in the 70s. Because nigga, y'all niggas was little niggas to the OGs. So like with with me, like it's it's always a nigga. I was always around 60s babies. Like I was with niggas who was who's raised with my mom. Like okay. a lot of the stories that I heard of gang banging when I was out hanging out, it was niggas telling me shit my mom was doing. Oh mm-hmm. nigga, you know your mama beat up. <laughs> oh yeah, your uncle, nigga, your uncle was a was a terror, nigga. So like I just was around older niggas my whole life. So when I'm around niggas my age, I always stand out as like the leader because I'm like the old nigga amongst yeah. niggas my age. 
Yeah, and, and, and so, that's so, the thing. Now, remember, I told you that I was like, you the older brother mm-hmm. that, I, that that I needed because mm-hmm. you give me that. All right, my older brother went to this high school. Now I go to this high school. My brother, my older brother went to Linwood. Mm-hmm. I went to Fremont. You know what I'm saying? That's two totally different yeah. areas. You know what I mean? And we didn't stay in the same household that long. You know what I mean? So his younger years, he was with his dad. You mm-hmm. know, I was I was just with my I was just with my mom. He didn't come move with uh with us until like I want to say towards the end of my middle school uh years and then all through high school. But besides my step pops, dog, it was it was people on TV. It was Carl Winslow. You know what I'm saying? It was Uncle Phil. It was uh no doubt. No, it, was, it seriously, it was Bill. No, I, I believe you. It was cats like that. You know what I'm saying? Billy D. Williams. These are cats that I looked at. Mm-hmm. So if you see any type of those traits, that's where I got it from. TV. Mm. Yeah, man. I, I my problem. Good. I, I didn't have TV. All I had was like. And like I would say this a lot when I first started the Too Much Game podcast, like when it, <clears throat> it came, like how I dress, how I talk, like jewelry and all that shit. Like I feel like when when I was younger, I always follow what was cool. So in order for me to be able to reach younger motherfuckers, like I think I, I kind of want to give that. Like nigga, you could be a square and you can have all the jewelry that the the the, the gang bangers had. Because when I was little, all the niggas who I knew who had low riders and shit. So dope. So that's what I wanted to be like. Mm-hmm. All the motherfuckers who who had all the bitches and all the free time and was having all the fun was the criminals. So that's who I wanted to be like. So even though like it was like, I know that's stupid. I know my parents tell me that's not the way to go. <laughs> look at the results these niggas is getting. Like, right. niggas, you go to work, you tired, your hands hurt, you're sweating, you got a fucked up attitude. And then I look at this nigga hopping the low rider and it's like, what do you do for a living? I gang bang and sell dope. You know what? I think I want to do that shit when I grow up. Cause right. Look at what he got. Nigga, you over here telling me this the way to go and you're never happy. This nigga over here got a big smile on his face and he's a, <laughs> I'm going to go do that shit. You know? So like a lot of my example <clears throat> was the niggas who I seen that had the shit that I wanted out of life. And those was OG gang members. Hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's funny, man, because like, I had my experience was my probably my biggest influence. My cousin Mike. Mike is like five, almost six years older than me, and he was he was definitely the example, and still is really to be honest. Um, and Mike uh, Mike went to South Carolina State, and then subsequently me and his younger brother Eric we went to South Carolina State. Um, and so he's always been the example. But much like you guys, I I grew up around older people, obviously. But then you know you coming up in the in the eighties. You at the house parties, the you know car parties or whatever. Um, you hear a lot of talk, and you hear grown people talking. You know, at that time we were told a child is to be seen and not heard. So, you know, it was just another southern saying. And um, you know, so you pick up on so much stuff just listening to older people. And then obviously I had you know uncles um, who uh, my un- my uncles man are funny, um, and they always you know they always had something for they always had said something for us. Um, my uncle Sonny, who passed away years ago, he said, um, I walked in a room. I was in middle school. I never forget. He lived in Chicago and he came to Florence um, one summer, whatever, like that. And I walked in the room and I had on some Adidas and they were untied. And he was like, nephew, tie your shoes. And I was like, Uncle Sonny, this is the style right here. This is how, this is how you're supposed to look. And he said, son, I'm going to tell you this one time. When you step in a room, we step in the room. 
And I didn't know what he meant, but what he meant was like, you represent me. When you go somewhere, they, somebody's going to say, that's Sonny's nephew right there. And given the fact that my uncle played professional football for the Giants, um, our name, the name, the name Carson carried in my, not just my city, but in the state of South Carolina. It carried when I went to South Carolina State because that's where my uncle played uh, football at, at South Carolina State. So when your uncle is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, like that comes with, so you you have to kind of carry yourself a certain way and you have to understand. And so that always kind of rang in my head. Like when I step in a room, I'm stepping in the room with my name, but also the name of, in the, in our race. And so like, that was the thing, like older people always gave me, you know, game, if you will. And um, I definitely appreciated it. it. It's, it's, it's funny because like a lot of stuff there, and I'm sure you guys say the same thing. Now, you probably hear hear your elders or the OGs or whomever. You hear them now more so than ever, even if they're no longer here, because they imparted words of wisdom to you, and now is you know kind of coming back to you. Um, man, I'm honest. I'll be honest. We we could do this for days. <laughs> we could do this the whole day. Um, before we get out of here, man, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, Bill, I will start with you, man. Tell folks where they can find you, where they can catch the podcast, and then don't mind you tell them where they can catch you and the podcast. Uh, BTG for president, open run with BTG, part of the Rare Signers Network, Black Horror Humor, Lunch Break Productions, The Breaks Radio. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Baylorism, TikTok at Baylorism, and that's it. I want to say to y'all though, y'all know, y'all know when y'all got a, a classic podcast when I can remember certain things that y'all do during before and during the episode. So when 12 Cal. You know he's about to be on some shit when he be like, I'm 12 Cal. This is 12 Cal uh, podcast. Check this out. And the nigga start giggling. He about to be on something. With Dolomite, I didn't know until 12 Cal that actually told me. I'm listening to the episode. First time listening to Dolomite, I'm like, who the fuck this nigga talking to? There ain't nobody else. And then I didn't know he went live. Live, like yeah. He was doing your shows. And he be like, what you say? <laughs> and then and he'll say such and such he'll say such and such name but i thought that was a dope thing because it's like i know other people that go live and record their episodes and stuff like that but they don't do it like that he'll he'll mm-hmm. he'll break he'll break down his bars and he'd be like what you say 12 cal and then he'll say it and, like, and that's what i'm trying to tell you <laughs> <laughs> yes yes man listen i and i, t- I told him this before when we recorded i i admire that shit man because there's no way, as much as I love the three of us, I- I'll be honest with y'all, we love podcasts. We love doing this shit. There's no way that I could do that shit live. And nah, hey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize it was live until 12 yeah, Cows. He, he is me, live. I'm, already, I'm already like four five episodes in, and I'm like, man, who is this nigga talking to, man? Because I don't hear he talking to else. the people. Man, and he, he's, like, what you, he's like, what you say, shit? and he'll shout out the podcast, he'll break down the whole thing. Oh yeah, and then when people when people come into the live, he shouts them out, man. And it's yeah. it's and I told him I was like, it it creates a dilemma for me because I want to watch it live, but then when he does it on Sundays, Mondays are usually like a, just a, a drag when you're at work. And hit no matter what time I listen to that episode on Monday, that should get me through Monday. So I'm like, nah, do I really want to watch it? And sometimes I want to watch it, but then I'm like, nah, I need to I need to listen to it so it can get me through Monday. But um, yeah, that man. Nigga, that, that nigga said, then there was bass. Then there was bass. You see the shirt? 
Then there was Mace. Hey, <laughs> I got to get me a shirt. And then there was Mace. That's an that's <clears throat> extremely important part of music. Is that Which, bass. by the way, before, before, um, before I moved to Dolomite, both of you do a really good job. And, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Baylor's got on merch, his own merch. Dolomite's got on his own merch. So y'all check them out. Check out their merch, too. I'm, I'm a little mad at Baylor because Baylor had on a this – dude, this dude FaceTimed me the other day. Cause the homie Manny Brown was in LA. So he FaceTimed me and him and Manny. And I look and he's got on this sweatshirt and it's, it's, it's the LA logo. And I'm like, man, what's that you got on? And then it says Baylorism up under. I'm like, that's, I mean, the shit was cold. And I'm like, man, this dude, he's only making merch for himself. <laughs> he's not giving it to nobody. Sometimes he's keeping it those shit. One off though. Like, nigga. Yeah, you gotta have that one it's, off. It's me right here, nigga. <laughs> Dolomite. You know what? I would have been I would have been cool had I not seen it, but we were halfway through the FaceTime, and I'm like, wait, man, what the fuck that is? He got that shit cold. Because I wasn't paying attention at first. Yeah, but Baylor, he he keeps some, he keeps some stuff, man. Dolomite, tell people where they can find you, man. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, Uncle Dolomite. Uh, Instagram, uh, uh, Too Much Game Podcast. Twitter, Too Much Game Pod. Uh, YouTube, Too Much Game Podcast. T-O-O Much Game, not the number two, because niggas be trying to be fancy. <laughs> um, hit the bell notification, because I'm finna start recording my shows live on YouTube. Like, I'm not okay. finna be doing the pre-recorded uploads. <clears throat> I'm gonna be live on YouTube, so you can comment and do all that shit while I'm doing YouTube, because on some real shit, it's really a lazy thing because when you live on YouTube, you don't have to upload it. Niggas there already. There, so yeah, yeah. That shit cuts two, three hours out of my workflow. So now I'm finna be live on YouTube. That's why I okay. got this fancy fucking uh, webcam. That's why my shit look all <laughs> clear because I went and got me a little Logitech webcam. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. I um, <clears throat> may, yeah. Check them out. Uh, Baylor's uh, open run with BTG. That's on Wednesdays. And then Baylorism, uh, uh, Baylor for President, that is uh, on Thursdays. Uh, Uncle Dolomite, yours usually drop on Sundays. I you know, I normally listen on Mondays. Um, <clears throat> the 12 Kyle podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. Uh, from time to time, I drop bonus episodes. I might have stopped saying that. I've been dropping bonus episodes this say, year. I, I didn't even know you had times because sometimes I was like, oh, that nigga is fucking 12 Kyle just dropped some shit. All right, fuck it. Cool. You know what, man? I, this year I've had a lot of free time and I've had a lot of creativity time and just like I just get in a zone. Like I was the other day, I didn't have anything to do. Everybody was asleep, so I just knocked out three. I had, I had if my thing is if I have something to say and something to talk about, I do it. You know, and I'm not looking for numbers or anything like that. I genuinely have. It's almost like an artist where, and I'm sure you guys feel like this too. You say what you got to say until you're done saying it, and then once you're done, you're done. You drop um, like you drop like currency. I, I well, you know what, man? It's consistency. I think yeah. the thing is, is you know, if you give it to people, they're gonna keep coming. Like when I found when when I got to your episodes, it became and it becomes a routine for me. So if Wednesday comes and there's no, you know, open road BTG, I'm gonna text you like, yo, man, where the episode at? Save a dollar, I'm like, and one, and one day I had to press you because because one Sunday I didn't get it and I made a store <laughs> run. I said, bro, I'm not going to the store if I ain't got no episode to listen to. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've been dropping them on Sundays and like I said, I, I remember um, I think it was even before I got Dolomite's phone number, um, I hit up King Jern 
And I don't know if Dolomite went out of town or something. Something happened that there was no episode on Monday. And I was like, yo, uh, Dolomite ain't dropped no shit this week. He's like, yeah, you know, I got I'll reach out to him or whatever like that. But um, yeah, man, this is this has been fun, man. I I I enjoy all of my episodes. I really enjoy the ones where you know we talk about fatherhood. We talked about a little bit of everything, but this is this has really been um, one for the ages, man. So make sure that you guys download, subscribe, support, um, and buy a shirt, <laughs> buy buy a mug, buy anything. Podcast.store. I forgot to say that. There you go. There watch, you go. It, watch this, well, Kyle. Look at Dolomite when I raise this up. What? Look at these. Oh, them khakis. <laughs> Motherfucking khakis. That's, there that's you go. a classic right there. Hey, there and you, know, go. you guys get on good pods, 12, Cal. You know, I think I am. I, I got an no, email saying. show is on there. Okay. Your show is on there. You're not on there because I, I just went to Baylor's page, and Baylor is under the creator, and his profile is on there. Okay. So is me. So is King Germ. Okay. I just follow Baylor on good pods and shit. So you got to get on good pods. That shit. Okay. All right. So that's going to be the Probably on Spotify, but you know, good pods is like the wave now. And shit, Shan, shout out, Shan put me up on that one. Yeah, she put me up yeah, on. Shout that out shit. to Shan too. Um, yeah, I'm gonna definitely do that. I'll do that when we finish recording. Um, that's gonna do it for us. So for my man Baylor, for my man Uncle Dolomite, I'm your boy Twelve Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five thousand.